Welcome to the Gospel Addict Podcast. I'm Greg Bryan. And I'm Jim Resky. We're gospel addicts because we believe the gospel of Jesus isn't just good news, it's the best news ever. We're addicted to the gospel because it doesn't just start us out in the Christian life, it is the Christian life. Join us as we look at the Bible through the lens of the gospel. Thanks so much for listening. Well, let's move on to Psalm 119. So Psalm 119 is, it's an amazing, amazing Psalm. And if we, all we did is read it, it would probably take like 45 minutes, but we're not, we're not going to do that. And why is that, Craig? Why would it take that long? Because it's the longest Psalm. It's 176 verses. And it's actually, um, and by the way, I was really helped by uh, Warren Wearsby when I was doing some research on this. And Jim, you actually helped me. You sent me some, and it, um, but it's an it's we don't know who wrote it. We don't know who wrote Psalm one nineteen. My theory is that it was Ezra. Why is that? Because Ezra compiled the Psalms. He kind of organized a lot of the Old Testament. And if you look at Ezra's life and you realize, like the verse Ezra seven ten is like a scripture memory verse. And I wish I could uh Memorize it. devoted himself to the study of the law and teaching its commandments. Let's see. For Ezra had devoted himself to the study and observance of the law of the Lord and to teaching its decrees and laws in Israel. Ezra just seems like the perfect guy that have, would have put this psalm together because yeah. of the fact of he was so organized and the, by the way the way this psalm is organized is it's put together as like an acrostic and it uses the hebrew alphabet which is 22 different letters and so all 22 letters are represented in the psalm and each letter has eight verses so the first eight verses are the uh is the first letter of the eight hebrew alphabet aleph which um each verse starts with that that letter and it just kind of goes through the and they did that the reason they did that is to make it easier to memorize it was like a memory tool a scripture memory tool which psalm 119 verses 9 and 11 are you know verses i've memorized which says how can a young person how can a young man keep his way pure by living according to your word and then verse 11 says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. And then obviously there's so many great verses in the psalm. There's Psalm 119, 105, which says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Um, so anyway, um, this was used to, to memorize the scriptures so that the, so that the Jewish people could meditate on God's word, which is such an important thing. So um, those are just a couple of things that, that I learned about the background. Jim, do you have anything to add? Well, I just have a question for you to think about, not to put you on the spot, but I want to tie this, thinking about Psalm 119 into the conversation we just had about the gospel and the five S's and the three ways to live. And so Psalm 119, longest Psalm in the Bible. I think it's the longest chapter in the Bible, I think. Um, we could search re google that later but i think it's the longest chapter I think but all right. about god's word almost every verse mentions his word his word and they use a different word for it his law is perfect his decrees but it's all about 
the word of God, right? So here's a kind of question to ponder. Think about like your the three ways to live. If you have, if you're do the do following the rules, how do you read Psalm 19? So if that's your paradigm, and that's the kind of Christian you are, and that's what you get, you know, you gotta be obedient, you gotta how do you read Psalm 119? And if you're the other, you know, follow your heart, the other way to live. Maybe you don't read Psalm 119 at all. Maybe I'll get to it someday. Right. I don't even, I don't even like, yeah, someday it's long. I won't really bother. I don't know. But I'm trying to think of if you those are your paradigms versus the, the, the gospel paradigm, how do you read it those three those three ways? Well, I think that's a good question. Um because um well, let me just put my let me just answer it this way. I would say because Psalm 119 is so over the top with its dedication to God's word. It, it's almost like he person, it, it's so, um, he, it's not just about the rules. He's like, it's so personal. Like, look at just verse, verse two, blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. Okay. So there you have follow the rules and you have the heart mentioned too those who keep his statues and seek him with all their heart. So there mm-hmm. I see that balance of like, follow your heart, but make sure your your heart is following God and then keeping his statutes. And I think that's, that's kind of the, the right balance of, um, um, again, it's, you know, I read the Bible every day. I mean, I well, I make it a goal to read the Bible every day. I read through the Bible every year, and I've been doing awesome. it for, uh, I've lost count of how many years. Let's see, 20, I don't know, 25, 30 years. And, um, and that may sound like incredible, like I've memorized the Bible or something like that. No, I'm one of these people that when I read, I there's reading and then there's comprehension, you know, so... I'm one of these people that my I read something, but I only I only thirty percent of what I read kind of sticks with me. I'm not real oh, good at good. like I'm not I'm not real good at uh, I'm not I don't have a photographic memory. I wish I did. If you have one, I'm jealous. I wish I had that. Um, so I need to I need to keep reading it every year, and every year I do, I get uh, more things out of it. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just think that Psalm 119, this person, it's just, it's, it's just over the top. It's not about following the rules. There's, there's something, it's like, it's a, you know, we talk about how the, the scripture is kind of alive. It's living and active. And that's kind of what jumps out at you when you read this Psalm, this person is not just, you know, telling you to follow a rule book. So that's my, what do you think, Jim? Well, look at, read verse 20 and then verse 24. Do you have those in front of you? You can read them out loud. Yeah. My soul is consumed with longing for your laws at all times. That's verse 20. And then 24, your statutes are my delight. They are my counselors. Yeah. So you would never call rules. Your counselors, right? Because if you're the rule follower, 
You'd, well, you'd be, it'd be begrudging like, yes, yes, yes. More rules to follow. I'm working hard on it. I mean, and look, no, and think about biblically, no one was better than that than the Pharisees, right? They were really good at being rule followers. They were trying to follow every little thing and right? making up extra rules to keep them from breaking the main rules. Right. And, and, um, but that's, it's dry as toast. It's a, it's a human effort. It's not filled with this desire, this longing Like you read in verse 20, when he says, my soul is consumed with longing for your laws at all times. Um, in verse 60, there's a, whole, there's a whole bunch of places in Psalm 119, in my translation anyway, where the word delight is used. Verse 16 is one of them. Uh, it happens to be here on the page because I'm open to this section. It says, I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your words. So this is not somebody who's being forced, you know, drag along, oh, you gotta, you know, read it again, you know, they, they absolutely filled with desire. And that's that sequence, right? Like, I know yeah. what he's done for me. I'm so overwhelmed with gratitude for that. I can't wait to do this. I get to do this, right? Um, so, much, so much of religion is just kind of empty and it's, it's, um, it's ritual. Yeah. Uh, you see people like ritually praying or just rote praying prayers. But there's no heart in it. There's no, there's no emotion. There's no joy. There's no right. desire. And I think you did a good job, like bringing that out. And I would also say that you know, the Bible is called God's word. Mm -hmm. Jesus is called the living word. The mm -hmm. word became flesh. That's exactly yes. Yes. So this is what you if you know if you know Jesus and you read Psalm one nineteen, you can kind of see how they're connected. And how, like, um, I'll often tell new Christians that the Bible is God's love letter to you. Yeah. That's why yeah. when people say, why do I need to read the Bible? I'm like, well, because part of it is, it's, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to read the Bible, right? I mean, uh, it's historically accurate. It's filled with all kinds of wisdom. But one of the things that kind of gets to your heart is when you realize that, you know, it is God's word. It's 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 like his letter to us. Right, that's right. It's for us. And you see that just jumping out in the psalm. And like you said, every single verse is about God. Every verse, almost I think there's only a few verses that don't use that is not about God's word. And um yeah, it's 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 an amazing it's an amazing um, psalm. And Wearsby brings out that there's you know it talks about what the Bible is, um, what the Bible does, and then what we must do with the Bible. I like hmm. I like the way he kind of broke those three things down. And uh, what did he say about it? Well, he says with what the Bible is, and honestly, honestly, I'm just going to read you what, what he says. He says, in this psalm, it, he's saying that this psalm tells us what the Bible is. It's water for cleansing, Psalm 119, verse 9. Hmm. How can a young man keep his way pure? How do we become pure? It's through through the the word, which is like water for cleansing. It's wealth and treasure. It's a song to sing. It's a companion and a friend. It's honey. It's a, a lamp 
it's great spoil and it's a heritage. Those are the eight things that he comes out and he, he brings out in the article you sent me that the number eight is very important for some reason. Do you remember why? It was like one step beyond seven, right? Wasn't it? I remember. I gotta look it up. Well, he said the, the word eight, you know, seven is like the perf the number for perfection, but eight is is a number for abundance. And um more than enough. It's a number for of new beginnings. And it's like the writer of this psalm is saying that God's word is more than enough. You know, it's filled with abundance. And so he, you know, he just brings out that there's lots of eights because each letter is is broken into eight verses. Um, each letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And then he breaks down those eight things that I just mentioned. And then he says, there's eight things that this psalm says that God, the Bible does for us. And, you know, that's that's my dog. Um, um, that it blesses us. It gives life. It gives strength. It gives liberty. It imparts wisdom. It creates friends. And it gives comfort. Um, so, and it gives direction is the eighth thing. So, anyway, and then he kind of closes his article about this psalm with the eight things that we must do with the Bible. That we need to love it, we need to prize it, study it, memorize it, meditate on it, trust it, and obey it, and declare it. So I love Weir's because he's so practical. It's like the hand illustration, isn't it? It is. It's like the hand of getting a grasp of God's word that we need to listen to it. We need to hear it. We need to read it. We need to study it. We need to memorize it. And then the thumb is like meditating. And really the goal is meditation. And that's why this whole psalm was made. And it was it was made to, to be easy to memorize. And... Um, yeah, I mean it's 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 powerful. I mean, I'm sure you memorized some of those same verses that I mentioned earlier, right? Oh yeah, Psalm 19, 19 11, and then in verse 18, we often start our Bible study that way. Open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things from your law. And I teach my yeah. kids every time you read the Bible, like every quiet time, yes. you have, that's a great way to start because it's you're not gonna it's not a it's not an earthly book. It's a spiritual heavenly book. It's a you need him. You want to, to have an encounter with God. That's right. You, That's yeah, right. you're, 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 you're not just reading a book. You're, you're, you're trying to have a spiritual encounter, right. and so you got to prepare your heart. And so that's a great verse. Yeah, open my eyes, I may see the wonderful things you have for me in your Word. Yeah, and um, and I, by by the way, the the honey one of all the ones you mentioned, that it just like kind of sticks out. I think about that, and I know when you when you teach on this, you kind of given the limited time, you kind of got to go through these and you can't dwell on anyone, but I just, I just love that. Like, and, uh, you know, so verses that say taste and see that the Lord is good. It's one thing to, and Keller's talked about this in some sermons before. It's one thing to hear about honey. It's one thing to read a really good description of honey. Yeah. It's a different thing altogether to actually taste honey. Yeah. And it's verse you know, 103, verse 103. How sweet are your words to my taste 
sweeter than honey to my mouth. That's right. Right. Wow. Um, yeah. And they cross reference, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I think that's this one here, Psalm 34. Yeah. Oh, Psalm 34, verse 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed are those who take refuge in him. Um, but yeah, so many times you're talking to people about Christ, it's like, yeah, we can debate these issues. You can talk about ideas, but you just meet Jesus. Just come and meet him. Taste and see the Lord is good, right? The sweetness of it. Um, anyway, I really like I like that concept. And then I think it goes to the idea of once you get the gospel in your heart, you, it, it's not a drudgery to pick up the Bible, read it every day. You You get to do it. You want to do it. It's honey. It's sweetness. It's... I'm not. I'm not trying to justify myself, but you know, I know. So, like, like for example, we talked many times. I, I think it's you know, I, you've read through the Bible and it's it's incredible. But it's not like that's an achievement that gives you moves you from being a, a four to a five. It's not you. It's not like you get any. You're not doing it to get credit in God's eyes. No. Your standing is complete, right? Right. Yeah. Not at all. In fact, an, another verse in the Psalm that is really uh, jumping out at me is verse one, one thir- 130. The unfolding of your words gives light and it gives understanding to the simple. It's the unfolding of God's word. Like that's what I love about reading the Bible is it's it's how it just, it if you, the, the longer you meditate on a passage or scripture, the more it'll unfold and and you'll see the deeper meaning. That's right. So, um, like Tim Keller, I was listening to one of his sermons, and he talked about how he went to a Christian camp, and um, he was given a half an hour. They he sent everybody out by themselves, and they were given a half an hour to, and they gave him one verse. And the verse was only like eight words. I forget what it was. It was like Mark chapter one, verse 17 or something like that. And they said, write down 50 things that you see in this verse. And he's like, you know, after five minutes, he's like, I think I've seen everything. But the more and more you meditate on it, the more and more he's like, and then everyone comes back together and the teacher says, hey, um, how many of you found, he's like, what's the one thing that stood out to you? And a couple of people shared. And then he, then she, she said to the group, how many of you found that in the first five minutes? And, and zero people had. And they say, how about the first 15 minutes? Zero people had. Wow. How about the first 25 minutes? Few people raised their hand. And so the whole idea is that that's why we need to spend time in God's word. That's why we need, that's meditation. It's, and it's really hard to meditate on something if you haven't memorized it. That's why I think this this whole psalm was written for scripture memory. Um, you know, the verse 133, direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. That's right. Yeah, that's let no sin rule over me. Right. Don't let it be my master. Right. Like we all struggle with sin, but don't let any one sin rule over me. Well, that's an expansive definition of sin, right? Sin is something that you think, well, it's a little thing I do, and uh, again, like a discreet act that I do. And no, it's something that is like, like a cancer growing inside that's going to take over, right? A very different, ex- more expansive definition of sin. But it's a great verse. Direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. 
And here's a good one about, you know, the, the Bible's filled with thousands and thousands of promises from God. And often we memorize those promises. And Psalm 119 verse 140 says, your promises have been thoroughly tested and your servant loves, loves them. Like all his promises, you know, have been tested. And so there's just, there's, there's so much good stuff in this, in this psalm. Yeah, it's just an amazing psalm to, to meditate on. And, and your, your comment on memorization, I think oftentimes if you really are meditating on a verse, you end up memorizing it, right? Because it's God's, it's like kneading, you know, something into a ball of dough. I mean, you're just kneading the verse into your life and dwelling on dwelling it, end up sticking with you and memorizing it. Um, but it's such a love letter about the word of God itself. It's so great to go through it especially in light of the gospel conversation we had at the beginning with the five S's to say, understanding I'm not doing this to earn favor in his eyes. That's not an obligation to read the Bible every day. And if I don't, I'm going to go down a notch in my Christian life. I'm not earning points with him. I just love it. I just want it. I just love him. And I think you ought to tie in that. And it was great. You'd mentioned this earlier, the time when you, you know, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Jesus is the logos. You know, falling in love with the word because the, the Bible's not about you and me. The mm. Bible's all about him. So as you're, if you're going to fall in love with the word, you're going to fall in love with Jesus because every chapter, every page is always about him, right? Very true. In fact, let's uh, kind of end this tonight with the last verse of Psalm 119. It says, this is crazy. After all he says... Yeah, I mean, all the things you, you you would think this is a godly, godly man who has right. it all together. He's a nine, like perfectly righteous. But his last thing he says is, "I have strayed like a lost sheep. Seek your servant." He's like asking, begging God to seek him, right? For I have not forgotten your commands. Right, I know the what they are. Like, like to your point, the more I grow in the Christian life, the more I grow, and I realize I am. The more aware of my sinfulness I am, my need for a savior. Yeah, right? and he's expressing that right at the end of the psalm, right? You would think by the end of the psalm, he would be like, you know, like perfect. I got this. <laughs> right. You know, but he's he's recognized the depth of his sinfulness. Yes. I've strayed for it like a lost sheep. You know, I need a shepherd. And, you know, one thing our pastor said this past week, which I really like, because he spoke on Psalm 23. Is he said, if the Lord is not your shepherd, there's something else that's leading and feeding you. Mm, that's a great point. You're being led and fed by something. Right. And so you can choose your shepherd. Is the Lord going to be your shepherd? Or are you sometimes, you know, we put self as, you know, we 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 want to be our own shepherd. Yeah. But I love that recognition that the psalmist has i've strayed like a lost sheep seek your servant for i have not forgotten your commands and it's a real plea for salvation right it's not it doesn't say i have strayed like a lost sheep and i'm going to really do better i pledge hereby pledge to stray less clean up my own act you know and uh present something that's more acceptable to you he's like i seek your servant I haven't forgotten your commands. I know the standard. I just know the more I grow, the more I realize I can't keep them, right? I want to, but 
You know, I fall so far short. Seek your service. Seek me out. Save me. Salvation is from the Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Addict Podcast. Feel free to contact us via email at gospeladdictpodcast at gmail.com. Stay tuned for our next episode. And remember, on your worst days, you're never beyond the reach of God's grace. And on your best days, you're never beyond the need of God's grace. See you next time.